0: Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be here in your presence, and, and God, we thank you that where your presence is, God, chains are broken, freedom is here, bondages are being broken now in your presence, so, so God, I pray today that as we open up your word this morning that, that, God, that you would just begin to penetrate our hearts, God, that you would just begin to do something so deep inside of us that, Lord, that we're going to begin to do something so incredible uh, through our lives, and so God, I pray today, God, I, I, just every word that comes out of my mouth, let it, let it be your words, God. And so Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, Hey, today I had something completely different planned for this morning, but Friday, my family and I, we were uh, enjoying the perfect San Diego weather on the beach, but actually it wasn't perfect, it was cold and windy, but I'll take cold and windy on the beach over the desert any day. Uh, We live in Kingman, Arizona, which is in between Phoenix and Las Vegas, Nevada, and so we don't have the ocean, and so we were enjoying it, and I was just thinking about this morning and and really the series that Pastor Tom told me that you guys were in, and, and my original message was on the topic of how... Every single one of us has a grace gift that God has given us, but there are 87% of people who are Christ followers never discover the gift that God has put inside of them to make a difference in the world, and because of that, one of the most incredible things that you and I can do is to discover the gift that God has given us and really to fulfill God's plan for our life, and and I was sitting there, though, and I'm I'm on the beach, and I'm just enjoying uh, just my family and the ocean, and the Holy Spirit just dropped this thought on me about gifts and that we can never operate in the fullness that God has for our lives when it comes to the gift and the calling until we're living our lives in the freedom that Jesus came to give us. And so what I wanna talk to you today is a crucial area in our lives that really keeps us from living in uh, the fullness that God has for us, that really keeps us from living uh, with the gift that God has and using that gift. And, and really what that is, is there is a relational baggage that we pick up in life at times. And that relational baggage that we carry through life now begins to hinder what God wants to do in and through us. And I want to thank Stephanie, the media team, for handling the curveball I threw them. I sent her new slides, uh, Friday evening, and and so thank you, thank you up there in the top for getting everything ready for us this morning. And and you know, as we go through life, uh, all of us, we experience pain. All of us, we experience loss and, and disappointment. Things happen to every single one of us. And when we don't deal with those pains and those hurts in the proper way, what begins to happen is we pick up those things and we begin to carry those hurts, we begin to carry those pains, that baggage through life now. And most of us, what we've simply done is just learned to compensate with the added weight that we now have on our hearts. And so we walk around now with guilt, we walk around with shame, we walk around with pain and hurt, we walk around with all this extra baggage. And because of that, we can't live out the fulfilling life that God has for us because we're weighed down so much in our hearts. And we don't want to admit it, but we actually do have baggage, and because of that, we're willing to carry that baggage around, and for some of us, we carry that baggage around for our entire lifetime. And what happens is, is that when we don't deal with the hurt and pain, it keeps you and I from operating in the fullness that God has for our lives, and today I want to talk to you about one of the most common baggages that we pick up in life that keeps us from operating in our gifting. And it's, our, it's a relational baggage, it's the relational wounds that we carry through life. And I know looking at this room right now, there's many people in here who've probably broken a bone or two. Uh, I, I have never broken a bone, but I know that there's people who have, they, they've cut themselves so deep and, and they've had to have stitches put on to make sure that, that they don't bleed all over the place. And, and, and so you did something and you hurt your physical body. And most of you now have a scar that reminds you of the wound from that broken bone or from that cut that you received for whatever it was, however you hurt yourself physically. And you know that this about broken bones, if you've had one, is that broken bones heal, right? If you've ever had a broken bone, that broken bone has healed cuts, heal the hurt that was caused to your body, it heals. But there's nothing deeper than the wound of a broken heart. In the wound of the heart, if you've ever experienced that type of pain, it is far greater than any physical pain that you've ever felt before in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to South Coast Christian. Don't you feel so, uh, j- j- but, but listen, as I pastor people, one of the things that I'm coming to realize is this, is that every single one of us in here has been wounded, Everyone in here has been wounded at one time, or maybe you're sitting in here right now and you have a wounded heart. Something happened to you in a relationship. Maybe it's with your parents, maybe it's with your spouse or a loved one, and it's caused a wounded heart. And though it looks different for some people, whether it's relational disappointment that you thought that, man, your relationship was going to go one way and that didn't happen, or maybe it's from relational tragedy. Maybe someone that you love died way too soon. Maybe you lost a child, maybe you lost a spouse, or, or maybe you're in here and you, you were the child of divorced parents. It could be that maybe your childhood was filled with a mom or dad that was very abusive and they spoke negative things about you, and, and so now you carry that wound and the, and the hurt from those words from years ago. Everyone in here, whether you want to admit it or not, we've had some sort of wound to our heart, but very few people will deal with that wounded heart in a proper way. Which causes us then to pick up those baggages, pick up the baggage of hurt, and pick up the baggage of pain, and now we carry that wounded heart through life, and what it does is it keeps us from operating in the fullness that God has for our life. Most people, what we'll do is we'll just go with what society has prescribed to us, and that is this, that time will heal any wound. Like You just, you're going to be okay, I know it hurt. I know it caused you pain, but just give it some time because time will heal any wound. And those of you who are vulnerable enough to admit it, who have a wounded heart or who has had a wounded heart, you know that time doesn't heal that type of wound. In fact, time will make that wound much worse and it'll cause it to go even deeper if we don't ever deal with it in the proper way. And so to look at this issue today, the issue of, of carrying around that relational wound that is keeping us from operating in the fullness that God has for our life, the gift that he has given you, I want to look at a story in scripture today. And the story that we're going to look at, it's not a very common story, though we know a lot about one of the sons who is in this story, and, and most people know about Abraham. Abraham's the father of faith, and he was this great, great man, but not many people know about Abraham's dad, and father, the father of I just want to sing that song, Father Abraham. How many of you guys know that song? <laughs> have many sons. I don't sing. But Abraham's father's name was Terah. And I want to look at this little hidden portion of scripture today. And, and I'm going to need you to stay with me because at first you're going to be going, what in the world does this have to do with the topic today? But hang in there. I am going to explain as we go because there's something so powerful in this portion of scripture today. And so in Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 27, it reads this. Is everyone doing okay today? All right, this is the account of Terah, and Terah became the father of Abram. Now, for those of you who might not be aware of who Abram is, Abram is the man that we were just talking about whose name is Abraham. Uh, God did something significant in his life and changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And so he goes on and he lists the names of the other brothers. The other brothers were named Nahor and Haran. And so there was three brothers, and whenever there's there's brothers listed out in Scripture, it always starts with the oldest, and it ends with the youngest. So Haran is the baby. And so Haran became the father of Lot. And it points this fact out of who Lot's dad is, because later in Scripture, a significant story happens in Lot's life, and so it's giving us that reference here. Now, while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. So let me, let me point something out here, because the Bible says this, that while Terah is still alive, his son dies. So, so his son dies prematurely, and we know this because his dad Terah is still alive. Now Haran, he's old enough to have children of his own, but he, he, we know he had his own son, but he still died way too soon. And so something must have happened in his life. Either he got sick from some sort of a disease and it caused him to die too young, or maybe there was some kind of tragedy, some kind of accident that happened. Scripture doesn't say. Regardless of how it happened, he died too soon, and now his father is having to bury the son. And we know this. That's just not the way it's supposed to be. Sons are supposed to bury their father's. And many of you know how painful it can be to lose an immediate family member. The pain of that is unbearable at times. And I can't imagine the pain of having to bury one of my own children. That pain, that wound right there has the ability to cause the heart a crushing blow. And I know many people that that have had to face that pain, and I can't imagine that wound. But here in Scripture, this is the wound that is now describing terror to have in his heart. The story then picks up in verse 31 of Genesis chapter 11, and and some things change, and there is a turn of events, and it says this, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. So let me pause here for a moment because the scripture doesn't give us any reason as to why. And here I think in this passage of scripture that it's safe to imply the reason why Tara and the family picked up and left. And, and you don't have to agree with what I'm implying here, but I believe it's safe to say that something, or better yet, someone called Tara from the place that he was in to go to the place where he was calling him. There, there was something inside of Tara that said, "Terah, I need you to go from where you were at, and I need you to leave this place and go to Canaan. And so we don't know why, but just one day, he announces to the family, hey, pack up your bags, we're getting out of Ur. And I'm sure when the family found out about that they were leaving Ur, they had to have been excited. I mean, what kind of name is Ur, right? Like, where do you live? I live in Ur, like, I I came from Ur. And so they were super excited about getting out of there. And this is what is so interesting about this is the Bible says that they they set out to the place called Canaan. And we know this about Canaan. Canaan, it was the promised land and it's modern day Israel, So it was a a call on this special family that would later be, God would use them to birth the promised land of Israel. And so now, now this is my personal feeling, and I think it's safe to say that the original call to establish the nation of Israel was not on Abraham, but that original call was on his father, Terah. And so, but all we know is this: is that the family is in Ur, and they go through this tragedy, and now they have this wound of this broken heart. The the son is dead, and Terah said, "Hey, we are moving." And here's where the story starts to get very interesting. Let me read it to you. It says this: But when they came to Haran, they settled there. So you have to catch this today. So somewhere between Ur and Canaan, there was a city, and the name of that city was the same name as his dead son. Haran. They're on this journey, and no doubt there are many cities that they passed by as they left Ur to get to their final destination of Canaan. But there so happens to be a city named Haran, which now caused Terah to have to come face to face with the relational wound that he's now carrying from his dead son, Haran. So in order to get to the place that God was calling him, In order to get to his destiny, in order to get to the purpose that God had on his life, his calling, to get to the promised land, to birth the nation of Israel, he had to come face to face with the greatest relational wound that he's ever had to face in his life. The problem is this, is that when they got to Haran, they never passed through. And he never got to the place that he set out to go because he could not get over the fact that his son, Haran, is dead. Now, he's carrying that wound, and he's carrying that pain, and he's carrying that brokenness through life. He's literally in the city that carries the name of his dead son, and it says he just stops. He settles. He never continues. And then we read this next line here in Scripture that is so tragic, and it says this, Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. He dies. He He never makes it to the place that he set out to go. He dies in the wound that he's carrying in his heart because he never dealt with the baggage of the greatest relational wound that he's ever faced in his life. Now, can I show you maybe how it looks in your life here today? Because many people, and this may not be anybody in here, but but people get divorced, and what happens is now they let that divorce define who they are, and they never move on. They let that hurt, they let that pain, they let that wound define them for the rest of their lives, and they never begin to operate in the gift, in the fullness that God has for their life. I am the way I am, and I treat my kids the way I treat my kids because my daddy treated me this way. That's just the way that I am, and now you've let that hurt and that pain not only affect you, but you've settled in it. You never moved on, and now not only is it affecting you, but it's also affecting your whole entire family. I I am an alcoholic because my mom was an alcoholic. I I have an addiction to drugs because my daddy was addicted to drugs. It's who I am. And you never moved on, but you let that wound and that hurt that that you're carrying in your heart, you've settled there, and you've not moved into the potential that God has put inside of you. And I am the way I am because I was bullied in school growing up, and I am the way I am because someone said something about me, and you never move on. You settle in your hurt. You settle in the wound of your heart, and you never move in. To the full potential, the gifting that God has placed inside every one of us. So something happens to us, something happens in our lives, and now it causes us to be paralyzed, and now we never, we never move on, we never, we never get past it, and we let it define who we are, and it keeps us from moving in the gift that God has put inside every single one of you in here today. And I want to show you three things in this story that we learned from the life of Tara as it relates to our topic today. And the first thing that we see is this, is when we have a relational wound and we don't deal with it properly, but we pick it up and we carry it as a baggage through life, you have to understand this, that it will keep us from our potential. You will never get to the place that you are supposed to go in life if you never, get, you never heal that wound properly, if you never get over it, that pain, that hurt that caused to you, was caused to your heart in this relationship. In fact, what you will notice is this, it, 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 actually, you're going to notice it in other people because you'll never notice it in yourself, but when you've been hurt and you have this relational wound, we do some very, how do I say it nicely, some not very smart things. And so what we, if anyone's ever done any marriage counseling, I think that they would attest to this, that people who are in marriage crisis, in other words, there is a wound in their heart from their spouse, what they begin to do is, so, so they're hurting now. And now they make some very serious decision from the lands of the wound of their heart that will have a lasting impact, not only on their lives, but the lives of their children as well. Because when you are in pain, you can't think straight. When you are in pain, you think crazy thoughts. Let me show it to you in scripture. Psalm 73 says this. It says, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and I was ignorant. I wanted to say we'll do ignorant things, but I didn't want to offend you, so I let the scripture offend you instead. We do some ignorant things. Well, when I was hurt, it caused me to lose my mind. I couldn't think straight. And this right here is why you need people in your life that you can trust, people that that you know they love you and you love them and they care about you when you're hurt. Because, listen, when you are hurt or when I am hurt and I'm deeply hurt inside, I am not the smartest person. You are not the smartest person when you're dealing with hurt and pain in your lives. And because of that, we need somebody that will speak truth to our hearts. I mean you need to surround yourself in community I saw that board out there with small groups you need to be in a small group where you have people who love you enough to tell you when you're making the wrong decisions to tell you when you are going to do something stupid in your life when you are hurt and when you're offended you don't need somebody to tell you what you want to hear you need somebody to tell you what you need to hear in those moments because listen when the enemy comes in and attacks your marriage or attacks your family can I just say it's not really about your marriage in that moment When when he comes in and attacks the relationship with your parents, it really isn't about you, and it really isn't about your parents. When the enemy comes in and attacks and causes you that relational pain that you were carrying in your heart, the whole purpose of what he is trying to do in that moment is to derail you from the purpose in your life. Because God has put a gift and a calling inside of you, and if he can derail you from that purpose, he's won. And so what he does is he's using the pain, he's using the hurt, he's using the wound of your heart to keep keep you from the very thing that you were created to do. He's keeping you from your purpose. He's trying to derail you from your purpose. And when you look at the story of Terah, the enemy used Haran, his dead son to keep him from Canaan because Canaan was his purpose. Canaan was his destiny. But what happens is this is that we get locked into the issue that is right in front of us. But you have to understand this, that that he will use your hurt and pain to keep you from the very thing that he's put inside of you. Because God needs every single one of us in here to be operating in the gift that he's put in our life to advance his kingdom. Here's the second thing in this story, is you have to understand that when you carry the relational baggage, it pollutes our other relationships. If you've ever heard that statement, hurting people hurt people, it's so true for this point Here. Because when people have been wounded in, in relationally, oftentimes what they do is they begin to push other people away. And if you've ever been around a wounded person, you know what I mean. They, they, they've been hurt, and oftentimes it's not once, but it's more than once. And now, many times, what it does is it creates a cycle in their life. They're hurt. And they are wounded. And now they don't know how to have a relationship that's not dysfunctional. And so what they begin to do is they begin to think that this relationship is going to end like the last relationship. They're just going to hurt me. And so what they do is now they let their past hurt and their past pain that they have not dealt with properly. It now carries over into this relationship, into the next relationship, into the next relationship. And now they've created a cycle. And you can't break the cycle because you've not dealt with the wound properly that that was caused from the very first wound in the first place. So now what it begins to do is it begins to pollute every single relationship that they find themselves in. It pollutes some of us to the point where we have a hard time loving people now. Because what has happened to you? And because of that wound in your heart, because you have not dealt with it properly, you have become bitter. And now that bitterness is keeping you from operating in the gift that God has put in your life. In Hebrews 12, 15, it says this, a bitter spirit is not only bad in itself, but also can poison the lives of many others. Here is what begins to happen to us when we carry that relational baggage and and when we don't get the proper care for it as relates to this scripture here because you have to understand that the wound that you were carrying in your heart that you have not dealt with properly, it not only affects you, but it affects everybody else around you. It begins to poison and pollute every relationship that we have. And I want to show you three things that bitterness does to us when we don't deal with it very quickly, and then we'll move on to the last point. But, but when, when bitterness settles in our heart, you have to understand that it's going to make us defensive. So someone hurt me, and I'm not going to let anyone else hurt me like that person hurt me. And what you think is, you think you're protecting yourselves and you put up these walls, but really what you're doing is you're keeping yourself from the very thing that you need in your life to bring healing. It's the people that love you. Here's the second thing that bitterness does is, is that it makes us distant. So when we get hurt by that individual, someone that we love, because you got to understand that usually it's the people that we love and that love us the most that are going to hurt us. And so what we begin to do is we pull ourselves away. We create distance. We isolate ourselves from the very thing that you need to bring healing to your heart. Here's the next thing that, it, that bitterness will do is it makes us demanding. It's the opposite of the last one. And this one, it'll cause you to become mean. It'll cause you to become controlling. And it'll cause you to become demanding. Have you ever seen someone like this? And so they try to manipulate and they try to control and demand everything from you. And this is what I know about this type of person. More than likely, they're the most insecure person that you'll ever meet. And what insecure people will do is they will try to grab hold of and try to control as many things as they can because they think that as they are controlling these things and grabbing hold of them, that they actually have some type of control in their life. And so they're grasping for control, but the reality is this, is that they're trying to mask the pain of insecurity that plagues their heart. And you have to understand that that type of wound will pollute your other relationships. That's what bitterness will do to you. You cannot operate in the fullness that God has for your life in the God-given gift, the grace gift that he's put inside of you when your heart is filled with bitterness, Last thing that happens when we don't take care of the relational baggage is, is this one is probably the hardest one for me to communicate to you because it's going to be hard for some of you to hear, but please don't tune me out. And for some, you're not going to like what I'm about to say, but it's okay, I'm not here to be your best friend, and if you don't like it, send an email to, what's Pastor Tom's email address? Like, we just put that up there? Like, yeah, you send it to him, but, but you have to hear my heart on this because some of you, your eternity is at stake with what I'm about to say. And you have to understand this, that when we do not deal with the relational baggage in our heart, that wound that you are carrying, that it absolutely could destroy our relationship with God. Your relationship with people is inseparable with your relationship with God. You cannot say that you love God and say that you don't love people. It's impossible. It's in your Bible. Read 1 John. You cannot love God and not love people. And you may be in here today and you're wondering why you cannot connect to God at the level that you want to connect God to. Can I tell you this? That it could be that maybe he's waiting for you to restore some broken relationships in your life. In Mark 11:25, 25, it says this, when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Jesus right here says this, don't even come to me until you've gone to them and made it right. And, and he makes this bold statement because he knows that you will never be able to receive what he has done for your life if you are not able and willing to extend that same thing to other people in your lives. You can't come to God and say, God, I'm going to take all your forgiveness. I'm going to take all that you, are, that you have to offer me. But God, I'm not going to give it to those people because they don't deserve it. They hurt me. They cause me pain. God doesn't work like that. He doesn't play that kind of game. You know, Jesus was asked this question, what is the most, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? And Jesus was like, there's not one, there's two. He said, you need to love God and you need to love people because everything hinges on those two things. Everything. You, you can't separate them. They're inseparable Jesus, he he gave us this pattern for prayer in in Matthew 6, and it says this, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is a dangerous prayer, and I don't think that we ever actually stop to think about what we are praying. The model that Jesus gave you and I to pray is God, forgive us the same way that we are forgiving other people. So the same way that I'm giving it to my mama, the same way that I'm giving it to my dad, my mom, my sister, my brother, in the same way that I'm giving them forgiveness, Jesus, give it to me the same way. It's a dangerous prayer. He says, for if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And whether you believe what I'm saying right now is true or not, it does not change the fact that it's truth. And for some of you, that becomes a problem because you haven't forgiven people. Yet you haven't let go of some things, and because of that, the message that you're hearing right now could be quite possibly one of the most important messages that you'll ever hear in your life, because you have to understand that it goes well beyond the gift that God has put inside of you. It goes beyond the calling. It goes beyond your purpose. It goes beyond your destiny. It goes beyond the relationship with your mom, with your dad, with your aunt, with your uncle. You have to understand that this absolutely affects our relationship with God, Ah, that's why I'm here from Arizona to share this with you today, because you have to understand until we get these relationships right in this room, this relationship with our Heavenly Father can never be right. They're inseparable. You cannot say that you love God and not love people. But can I give you some, some good news today? And there's, a, it's like, yes, please. Like, who is this guy? Like, There's nothing too hard for the Lord to do. And the God that we serve, he specializes in healing the broken heart. Like, that's what he does. He puts the pieces of our broken hearts back together. That's the God that we serve. And you may be in here today, and maybe you've lost all hope of that ever happening, and it's by no accident that you were hearing this message today. In Psalms 147.3, it says this, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. And here, here's how he does it. He, he does it through the process. I wish I could share the whole message with you, but I'm going I'm to condense it the best I can. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, i want to read it. i want to show you something very briefly here. But it reads this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. And the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The word that I'm using this morning is baggage. The word the Bible uses is stronghold. Meaning this, that something has attached itself to you. That there's something that has a stronghold on you. And that word stronghold in the original language in Greek means this. It means a prisoner locked by deception. Deception. It means that you're living life by something that is not true. And so what has happened is this this stronghold of bitterness, this stronghold of this wound, this pain, it's attached itself to you and now you're a prisoner locked in that stronghold because you're living your life by a lie and the lie that you are believing this morning is this, is that what they did to me, I can never forgive them. The very thing that they did to my it caused me so much pain, it caused me so much hurt, they don't deserve it, and that, I'm telling you right there, is a stronghold, and it's a lie that's attached to itself. You're living your life in a lie that says you can never be free from that person. And the only way to demolish that stronghold or that lie that we are holding on to is with the truth. We have to replace that lie with the truth. And the message this morning is designed to bring freedom to you so that you can operate in the fullness that God has for your life to begin to operate in the gift that he has put inside of you. And so I'm trying to give you some truth today because the Bible declares this, that when you know the truth, it's that truth that's going to set you free. We need to replace that lie with the truth. And so i want to give you three things today. And I'm just going to say right up front, you're not going to like them. And for some of you, you're going to think that they're very counterintuitive. You're going to think that I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, this is the key to you getting free and beginning to operate in the fullness that God has for your life. Here's the first one. If we are going to live free and operate in our gifting to truly discover freedom in this area of our life, you have to understand that you've got to reveal the hurt. You see, we we don't like to admit when we are hurt. Men, we are the worst at it. I I don't need anybody. I can handle this one on my own. I don't need anyone to help me through this. I'm my own man. I'm strong enough to take care of this. And what happens is is it goes back to isolation and the danger of it. And can I tell you this, that your life would be so much better if you had someone that you could just reveal the hurt and begin to talk to about the pain that you were carrying. But you have to understand that this type of relationship doesn't just happen. It has to be intentional. You have to create this type of relationship. You have to get plugged into a small group. And you've got to build relationship. You have to find somebody that you trust. Not everybody but find somebody. You have to understand small groups is vital to you and your spiritual growth, and it's vital for you to be in community, to truly find freedom. You, you, you can't keep settling in the hurt, in the pain. And if you want to be free, if, if you want to begin to operate in the gift that God has for you to truly get free, you've got to get in community. You've got to join a small group because it cannot happen in here. That type of relationship can never happen in here. I wish that it could. I wish that it could in my church, but it doesn't. That type of relationship can only be built in a small group where you can find somebody that you can trust, and you can pull back the veil, and you can begin to reveal all the buried and hurt and be set free and begin to do all that God has called you to do. Psalms 32.3 says this, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Psalms 39 2 says this, but when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. And what I'm about to say is serious. If you choose to continue to keep living your life with all the buried hurt and all the buried pain, that verse right there the pain, the anguish will only increase. Don't let that become your reality. Let it out. That's half the battle. For so many of us, here's the second thing that we have to do, we have to release the people. We have to release the people involved. There's no other way out of this. That stronghold, that baggage that you are carrying around, that's weighing you down, that thing that is keeping you from operating in the gift and the fullness that God has for your life, keeping you from your purpose, keeping you from your destiny, keeping you from using the gift that God has in you, will never go away until you release those people. It's time to release them. You have to forgive them. And the longer that you refuse to do that, hear me, the more that you're gonna become like them. And you will find yourself doing the same thing to other people that was done to you. It's how it plays out. And so the only response that we have is to take the truth of God's word And and they might not deserve it. Many of them, though, don't deserve to be released because what they did was wrong. And it caused you great pain. And it caused you some serious hurt. But I'm telling you, you've got to release it and let God take care of it for you. How how many times do 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 we need to release that person? And Peter asked Jesus that question one time. And, and this is what it says here. It says this, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brothers when, they, when he sins against me, up to seven times? You see, Peter thought he was being smart here because Peter knew Jewish law was three times. And so what he did is he doubled it and he added plus one for good measure. And this is what Jesus' response was to him. He said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Why, why do we have to do this, church? I would encourage you to read the rest of Matthew chapter 18, but what you're gonna see is this, is that God cannot do that work in your heart if you cannot extend it to others that's the hard part but it doesn't you have to understand that but when we carry that thing around and we don't release those people that it no longer becomes about them but it becomes about you and it becomes about your heart you see jesus he was our perfect model and while he was on the cross and those nails would be driven through his hands. Look at this verse with me right here. It says, when they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You've got to understand this, that God will take care of the situation if you'll just give it to him. And if you just trust him with your heart. Here's the last one today. And this one's a little bit softer. But once we reveal the pain, and once we release the people, it's at that point we can begin to refocus on God's plan for our life. Please do not let that incident stop you. Don't let that incredible pain That that you're carrying around right now keep you from the plan and the purpose that God has in your life don't settle in heron don't don't settle in that pain in that hurt in the wound and miss the destiny that God has for your life it's time to refocus on his plan for your life now i love the example of joseph and You don't know the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and years pass, and now he's ruling over all of Egypt. And and this is how I, I know that Joseph dealt with the pain and the hurt that was caused to him by people he loved. Because years later, years go by, now his brothers are standing in front of him. He's hungry. And in this moment, Joseph, he has his opportunity to get back at his brothers but he dealt with the wound properly and this is what the scripture says he says am I in the place of God you intended to harm me but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done Joseph could have never begin to operate in the purpose in the gift that God had for his life had he held on to that wound and that hurt And that pain that was caused to him by those who he loved dearly. Here's the last verse. And in fact, this is what I'm praying over everyone in here today that is carrying around relational baggage. And for all of you that that have a hurt and a pain and it's so far buried in your heart this morning and you haven't released it, I, I urge you today with this verse and it's found in Job 11. And it says this, put your heart Right? Reach out to God and then face the world again, firm and courageous, and all of your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. You may be in here and you're thinking, Pastor Steve, I I don't know if I'm able to do this. Just take it one step at a time. The scripture here says we, we need to reach out to God. That's what you need to do today. You need to reach out to him. And the verse says it so wonderfully. It says, put your heart right towards him. Get this right before God. Because you know what's going to happen when we get our heart right with God? Is you're going to begin to gain this supernatural capacity to love those in, who are in your life that right now in your heart, they're unlovable. And my question today is this, is who needs to get it right today? And I'm not talking about salvation this morning, but who needs to get it right so that you can move on and not settle and not get stuck in the baggage of this relational pain that's keeping you from your purpose, It's keeping you from the gift that God has put inside you. And I wanna do this, can we just close our eyes and and I'm gonna turn it back over to Brett here in a moment, but I just want us to be still for a moment and and I wanna pray for those, but first, if that's you, if, if you've been holding on to hurt, you're here this morning you've been hurt you've been hurt and you're holding on to that pain that unforgiveness and and you want to take that first step today that you're saying i'm ready to reach out towards god today i'm ready to put my heart right before him i want to pray for you but i want to know who i'm praying for so if that's you in here you're you're caring and you're ready to be free you're ready to begin to operate in the fullness that god has for you can you just lift up your hand because i want to pray for you this morning anyone else that says man i'm sick of living in this pain, I'm sick of living in this hurt. I thank you for the hands that are lifted up all over. And God, I thank you this morning, God, for every hand that's lifted. God, I thank you this morning that, that Holy Spirit, that you were doing a work inside of hearts right now, that, that God, that you were taking those wounds. God, that, that Lord, you operate in this area so well that you, were, that you were causing the broken hearts to be mended back together right now. And so God, I pray that you give them the strength. God, I pray that you give them the courage, God, that in this moment, that they begin to release those people. God, I pray right now, God, even that, that the Holy Spirit would just begin to, to just move upon their hearts and they begin to feel lighter even here in this moment. That as they release those people, that God, that you begin to, get, begin to revive those dreams once again. Those dreams that have been buried for so long under hurt, under pain. And God, I pray right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that, that those dreams and those giftings would become alive once again. God, I pray right now, God, that you would take the pieces. God, that they seem like they're scattered everywhere of hearts. And God, that you begin to put them back together today. God, that you take those hearts of stone and that you make them a heart of flesh. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name